The Morning Invasion brings you Shock Therapy Live featuring Pastor Nate Heitzig. Call now, 338-3700 or email us at studio at star88.fm. That's right, everybody. Shock Therapy Live with Pastor Nate Heitzig. And of course, we got Come a special on. guest with us. Buck is with us right now, everybody. Yes. Buck. Yes. Aaron Buck. I answered the call. Dude, I'm pumped. We Last week on the show, you called up and said, you know, I want to come on Shock Therapy Live. And we said, well, why don't you come on this week? And yeah. I walked in the door and you were here before I was. Here I am. Yep. Let's go. Let's do this, guys. Come yes, on. This beautiful. is fun. So, what uh, a fun show. Of course, you can call us, 505-338-3700. You can text in. You can email us, studio at star88.fm. And this hour's all about you guys out there just struggling. You guys struggling with something? Then you call in, and we're going to try to Dude, help you out. Look at this. From Buck and Dex doing Cheaters Motel to Buck and Dex Cheaters doing Shock Motel. Therapy Live. Yeah. yeah. You, like, we're like... Well, it was Cheaters Motel here because you can't afford a hotel. Yeah, bro. Come on. <laughs> we're, we're in the ABQ. Come on, Brand. It was Econo Lodge style. You know what I'm Cheaters Hostel. <laughs> Ain't nobody staying at the Marriott working on this no, salary. No, I, so. I always called it Cheaters Motel because I was like, come on. People yeah. who are doing that kind of stuff, they're not going to hotels. <laughs> they're going to the They're no, renting a day room. Motel. They're renting yeah. a day room for two hours. I don't hours. know, man. The Wynn Hotel. That's where the cheaters go. <laughs> Wynn Hotel. Gosh, dude. <laughs> <sighs> well, that's cool. I'm glad you're here, Buck. Yeah. Well, thank you. Thank yeah. you. Welcome. You look good. Welcome. You look good. You look I gotta young. tell you, you look young. Nate, the beard? Man. Dude, come on. Looking strong, Nate's got son. This, it, it is good. Looking beard. strong. Yeah. I decided 2019, I was like, you know what? My resolution is I'm going to be an adult. It looks I'm going like, to become a man. It so looks I grew like a beard. it's painted on like Samson the movie. Like it looks, <laughs> looks like fake. a prop from Saturday Night Live. Now I like will give you guys so because he tri- he grooms it. I That's know. what you're supposed well, to do. No, beard oil, beard yeah. lotion. Do you have the beard I mean, comb? Like I don't have a beard comb. I just I use a regular a comb. comb. Last week, you had these like, little mm. two finger combs you can buy where they just slide on your finger and you just sit there and go like really? that. Really? Yeah. Come on. Well, he's constantly. Now, I will tell it, you so. a secret though. So it looks full, but it's because I groom it. So I actually have super patchiness, like right here on the sides. Oh, yeah. mm-hmm. But okay. I have to lay the beard down to cover yeah. that. Oh, so it's actually that's like I have I have that under there. Yeah. yeah, no, right I did. There. I've look got that. the little wow. blank look spot. At that. Yeah. Look at these two. bald spot back. Yeah. 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 yeah, crazy. This it's is nice the only, this is the only place on my head where I have a bald spot, and it's under my chin. <laughs> <laughs> it's uh, this is this is. <laughs> Eastern European <laughs> descended white people problems. Yes. Wow. Yeah. It's really yeah. what it yes. is. Oh man. My uh my siblings, my uh all my siblings, they did uh that whole 23 and me thing and found <laughs> oh, yeah, that yeah. that uh on our father's side uh, like 90% of our DNA comes from the Iberian Peninsula. Ooh. I don't even know where that is. <laughs> That's like Spain either. basically. Okay. Oh, okay. Yeah. Wow. So you're Spanish. Yeah. So we need to be culturally uh, sensitive around you. Not really. Okay. Hey, man, I'm Spanish. Like, yeah, but your first yeah. language was Spanish. Oh, I mean, look at you. You're profiling how much because do you speak of my now? skin. Uh, I'm just saying. I'm poquito. <laughs> Honestly, my I mean, grandparents I guess only spoke Spanish. You are so wearing you are then. wearing a Raiders hoodie, so you got that going for you. <laughs> wow, you're profiling me, sir, and I don't like it. Just don't stab just me, look at please. This, a white man oppression. A white man of bread. Surprised he didn't shank me when I walked in yeah. being a Chiefs fan. <laughs> wow. Wow. Oh, man. Gosh. Dude, uh, so today we got some questions, but we were just talking a little bit before. One thing I wanted to at least talk about for a bit is the legislation that New York just handed down that Governor Cuomo just signed uh, for late-term abortion. And it's kind of crazy. It's yeah. it's uh, It's been legal in New Mexico for years, but... Yeah. Yeah, now people, New York, and it's probably going to spread through the country. So let me let me ask actually. a question: Is it capped at a certain time in New Mexico? Isn't it like uh, up to the day of birth? So it's up to the day of birth. It Gosh. used to be twenty one weeks, right? Yeah, 
And now it goes up to the day of birth. Yeah, I'm gonna, okay. You guys, this is going to be a tough topic because every time uh, this comes up, I I literally have to hold back the tears because yep. I can't even imagine that. Nope. That is insane to me. At the up to the day of birth, <clears throat> what you can kill the baby? Yeah. That's insane. I don't yep. even ah. Yeah, it's pretty crazy, man. It's 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 just crazy to me that we live in a culture where you can get convicted for rape, you can get a, a, convicted for child abduction, convicted for child murder, convicted for serial murder, convicted for mass shooting, yeah. but killing a baby in the womb when it could be it, it could literally be outside of the womb and survive. Yeah, yeah, is is allowed. Yeah, a buddy of ours we met uh, when we were doing Harvest America. This last year in Dallas, his name uh, is Shane Pruitt, um, and he wrote an article that uh, I, I want to go find because it was picked up uh, a few times, obviously, especially over the, uh, over the last couple days because of the ruling in New York City. He asked a very poignant question, can you be both pro-choice and a Christian, and I know it's it's such a, no, a hard. I don't think so. It's such a yeah. It's such a hard conversation because you're like, well, I mean, what is what does that mean? And the reason he even brought it up, he works for the Baptist Convention of Texas. He's like the overseer of you know uh, a lot of really good stuff. He recently wrote a book that's coming out in February called Nine Lies Christians Believe. That's absolutely incredible. He sent me a, an early copy, but. Uh, his words were, you know, we got it's time to draw a line yeah. in the sand as a Christian on how it relates to our faith. And the reason he talked about it is is not because like, can you be a Christian and have had an abortion or you know, like obviously we know God forgives of all course. sin. Yes, you can. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But the reason he even uh, brought it up is because of the Guttmacher Institute, which they're a data analysis uh, institute that follows statistics concerning abortions. Yeah. This is worldwide. There are approximately 42 million children aborted per year, which estimates to about 115,000 a day. Um, in the United States alone, there's 1.2 million per year, which comes out to just over 3,300 per day. And And the reason he started researching it was because of this one statistic that he said was hard to take as a Christian in America. 61% of all abortions in America are obtained by women who claim to be evangelical Christians. Wow. 61%. And so he, he just said that statistic was kind of this gut-wrenching statistic that was indicative of the lack of sound biblical teaching that is coming from the pulpits concerning the value of life over the value of convenience. And it begged this question, can you truly be Christian and pro-choice at the same time? Not, can you be a Christian and at one point in your life have had an abortion? Because of course you yeah. can, because there's forgiveness yeah, yeah. to be found for all of our sins. Well, what I would ask is I would ask a second question. Could you have been Christian in the 40s and supported Hitler and the Nazi party in Germany in support of the Holocaust? There were many Christians who were duped, right? Yeah. Like you, uh, well, um, so it's yeah. like, I, I think about that, like, I genuinely think that, that, that abortion is our generation's Holocaust. Yeah. I mean, the, the amount of babies that are literally being murdered yeah. when they could survive outside of the womb. Yeah. It's astronomical. I was yeah. uh, the thought that kind of came to mind was um, for myself when I was I was reading this article you know, it said Andrew Cuomo, Cuomo celebrated signing this bill into law yeah. on the anniversary of Roe versus Wade. 
And it's and and, and the thought that kind of comes to mind for me is is basically like this man, in my opinion, doing this has become like the nation's largest serial killer. Yeah, you know, ever Absolutely. ever ever to walk around because yeah. I mean, you know, when you when you think about abortion, you know, a, a lot of people don't understand. Um, you know, at like twelve weeks, I mean, the baby's formed. Yep. Mm-hmm. You know, when the baby's twelve weeks inside Heartbeat, of the womb, man. it's got well, dude, it's formed. It's got fingers. It's got yeah. toes. I mean. You know, the, the baby has all that stuff. Yeah. And, you know, I, I, I actually have a friend, uh, a very close friend whose wife, uh, they had to uh, terminate a pregnancy because the wife was going to die. And um, and the baby was like, uh, I think, 21 or 22 weeks. And and uh, the baby was fully formed. I mean, yeah. like fully, fully formed, you know. And uh, it, well, it's even even a story when this whole thing got <clears throat> Uh, publicized in New York. So, um, so several of the pastors and pastors' wives at Hillsong, New York City, have really taken a stance on this. So Esther Houston, Joel Houston's wife, posted a big thing. Nathan Finocchio posted a whole thing, and they had some people comment on their post. And one lady said, "I went into preterm labor at 23 weeks and gave birth to my daughter at 24 weeks. She had tiny little fingers and toes and a beating heart, and she cried, and she was a full-on baby. Even at that gestational age, she's 10 weeks now and more than fine." Or sorry, it's not 10 weeks. She's 10. She's 10 years old now. She's 10 and more than fine. I couldn't believe it when I found out that abortions were performed on babies as old as 24 weeks in California. That breaks my heart. That's 24 weeks, but late-term abortion is defined as having an abortion after 27 weeks. Yeah. That's late-term abortion. So we are aborting babies from 27 weeks up until even partial, again, we're talking late-term and partial birth abortions that that are legalized in our state. So we're talking about literally babies who have a future, who God has a plan for, who God has a destiny, a hope for, a future for, that we're just deciding, nah, we don't want them. Yeah. I mean, it's literally like putting down a puppy is is what we're doing. Well, what's interesting that he, Shane, um, he pointed this out in the article, and it's something I've honestly never thought about. He talks about how abortion is truly the antithesis of the gospel because the gospel message is that one man's sacrifice is sufficient for our redemption for everything, right? Like Christ died for you, and abortion is the message that we require additional sacrifices to meet our needs. So we are truly laying down a life Mm -hmm. so that we can have convenience or the life that we wanted or whatever it is. And it was something that just struck me as powerful because I've never thought about the fact that Christ laid his life down for us so that we could have true life. Yeah. And then in turn, there are people today who believe that their life will be over, their life will be ruined, that they won't have their true life they were promised without the sacrifice of this child. You know, when... When you say it that way, really, I mean, for, for those people, for those 61% of people who claim to be evangelical Christians, you know, really what you're doing at that point is like the most audacious form of idolatry I can think of, because mm. truly what you're doing is you're putting yourself on the throne of God, yeah. and you are putting yourself in that position. So, mm-hmm. like you said, Steve-O, you know, you can worship yourself, you can make life more convenient for yourself, right. you can... Yeah financially not have to worry about things uh for non-believers you know i i don't think we can judge them that way because yeah. they're not believers but for that 61 percent, that's 
100% complete the total church. idolatry, and that's yeah. you putting yourself on the throne of God. Now, I think this also begs a question, though, that opens up a broader discussion for us. Yeah. Because I wonder how many of those women, the 61% that are Christians that got an abortion, did so because of the shame of the church in the discussion of birth yep. control and oh, the discussion of, of condoms yep. and the discussion of because yeah. it's so prevalent in the church nowadays to say oh mm. well it's wrong not only to get an abortion which yeah. yes we agree with but it's wrong to do birth control it's wrong to use condoms and so so many women feel pressured and shamed into not doing that and then they have mm-hmm. a baby and they're so scared of having a baby they just do it in secret their husbands don't know they just go to the abortion clinic and have yeah. an abortion yeah and so, you know, it brings up even a larger question, at least for me, of saying like, man, what are we as the church doing to proactively not, so, not only discourage it, but encourage women to do what's that right was a, and be That was a real question from a Starmie member because they believe, they believe that very thing. The church shies away from talking about birth control, and especially in New Mexico, Catholicism completely rejects birth control. Right, yeah, and which so, is ridiculous. Right, and so because of that— I, And really quick, I just want to reiterate something as we continue talking about this. If you have had an abortion— the goal of this isn't to shame you and Amen. let you know that there's Amen. no love for you at the foot of the cross. Yeah. The whole premise, this conversation we were having off air opened up into a lot of other things that the church has, by and large, historically shamed and, and shunned and even, um, I think, unfairly they've um, done a judged. Bad, they've done a terrible job. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. And so you need to know right now, if you've had an abortion, you are loved, you are cared for. Jesus Christ cares for you desperately just as much as he cares for your child that is now in heaven with him. Yeah. He cares for you desperately. And there's forgiveness for you. There's restoration for you. And there's grace for you at the foot of the cross. Yeah. I think what you're talking about, Nate, is is really important because ultimately... I mean, this could really open Pandora's box. I mean, as, <laughs> oh, as, have we ever been scared of that as, before? As, as far, no, I know, I know. But I mean, really, that's what you're doing yeah. when, you're, when you're talking about the church and the job they're doing. Because ultimately, yeah. what that's doing is that op- that's opening Pandora's box. Because all we're called to do is love. That's we're right. called yeah. to love and make disciples and love our God with all our heart. And you know, the church has done a poor job of it. You know, historically in the yeah. past, you know, with abortions, with homosexuality, with sin. You know, it really even something as simple as sex ed, because that's something that multiple people have brought up. Hey, is it also our fault because we are picketing at the schools saying, don't teach my kids about sexual education, but at the same time, we're picketing against abortions because these children were ignorant, had no knowledge of such things because we shut down and don't talk about it? Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. It it, really is Pandora's box. Yeah. And like I'm saying, you know, the church has done a really poor job of, of loving people the way that Christ loved them. Yeah. You know, because that's what we're called to do every day. We're called every day to be more like Jesus. And it's like, I fall on my face as soon as I wake up in the morning, you know, but that doesn't make it any less. But really, the the, the main theme of this is is how has the church historically treated these subjects, abortion, homosexuality, just sin in general, Yeah, you know? And it's like, no sin is greater than another sin. And, and that's what people kind of get hung up on. They kind of get hung up on the idea of like, you know, oh, well, that person had an abortion, so she's going to hell, or, yeah. you know, it's it's just, it's, Man. it's a bunch of hogwash. What a topic. Now, yeah. listen to some positive, encouraging music <laughs> Here's after Lauren that Daigle. conversation. Yeah. Breakup song. It's actually Jordan Felice on the way, so stay with <laughs> okay, us. Okay, that's better. All right, it's Shock Therapy Live. A lot of people are chiming in on yeah, YouTube dude. Live. We're not going to end the discussion. You can yeah. text in, you can call us. It's Shock Therapy Live. Buck's hanging out with us. We'll be right back. Hang out. The Morning Invasion with Dex and Steve-O on Star 88. Has been cold, though. It's been it really has. cold, oh, especially you in the mornings. It's, it's been, like, nice in the afternoons, but, it, 
like the whole next week it's in the 20s. It's been a low. good winter. It's been an actual winter. Yeah. Last year was really, really warm. And I'm yeah. glad we got a snow a couple of times this year and really. And you know that Albuquerque doesn't get winters when an actual winter to us is we've gotten good snow one day. Yeah. Right? yeah. It's like it's been a great winter. We got snow one day. Global warming. Yeah. Preach as it, a kid, I, I remember oh. as a kid, at least a few times a winter, we would have school canceled mm-hmm. for snow. Oh, yeah. yeah. Like it was. But that was back too, and you had like six or seven inches of snow, not like a dusting, yeah. and they'd mm-hmm. shut everything down. I mean, oh, I remember as a kid, Sandia was popping. Sandia Peak, it was open every day of the yeah. week, and I, I always got a season pass, and it was great snow every winter. Yeah. Yeah. Another yeah. thing that the church is like, okay, guys, we can still love Jesus and admit that, yes, the globe is warming a little bit. Yes, we can. Like, you don't have to be this hard and fast like, no, it doesn't exist. Fake news. There's science Come that on. actually proves this. Yes. It's okay. Science is not a bad thing. But see, then Christians are like, science also proves that evolution exists. So uh, actually not. A, We're opening up another Pandora's yes, box. We Let's are. close that one and go back into the abortion one. Oh, go back into our. Oh, dude. Are you kidding? Listen to this thought. Um, somebody chimed in and said, what a hot topic this morning. My children and I listen daily to you guys. And this morning, my 10-year-old son didn't speak a word on the drive to school. He and his child like mind even knew that hurting a baby is wrong. Wow. Thank you for the conversation and the Holy Spirit leading you on these subjects. I was able to have a great conversation with him on the subject of abortion and that there's hope even for those who choose. God bless the little ears who listen. And he said a powerful thing. When people choose to do this, it gets closer and closer to the end of a generation right. and the end of the world. That's right. Ten years well, old. I, the, the thing for me is we need to understand first and foremost, the idea of taking a child or a baby's life is a demonic thought. And it's rooted all the way back to the Garden of Eden. So when Satan, the snake, heard that the seed of woman would crush his head and he would bruise his heel, Satan's goal from that point was to root out a child's life. Mm-hmm. And so we see this historically. We see this um, with with Pharaoh, with the the Egyptians. Mm-hmm. It was a yep. demonic thought that inspired him to kill all the firstborn children. We look at Herod and his decision to kill all the children up to a certain age. It's always rooted in this demonic thought. We look at the prophets of Baal and the worship of Baal and this child sacrifice. Mm-hmm. It's always been a demonic thought. And I would also say that that alongside with, I think that's why these are two uh, issues that go together, is, is with a... Uh, a prominently homosexual culture and with the uh, lack of sanctity for children's life is historically the markers by which a nation gets judged. A yeah. people group get judged. We look at historically when nations have fallen, it's usually been the lack of sanctity for a child's life and the pervasive spread of a same-sex lifestyle. And I say same-sex lifestyle, not attraction, because it's not a sin to have a desire. It is a sin to act on that desire. So I say the uh, same-sex lifestyle. Um, those have been the markers for which God judges a people group. And so that's why it's so important to me, because I'm like, man, a, a lot of people, a lot of even theologians, believe that we are already in the first part of the judgment. Yeah. Because historically, the first part of the judgment is God gives us over to our sinful desires. And I look at our day and age, I'm like, man, I think I think we have been given over to our sinful desires. We're now oh, yeah. taking sin and legalizing sin. Yeah. Where we really have been given over as a society to the sinful desires. So this is why it's important to me because it's it's a truly demonic thought to take a child's life. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Well, phone lines are open. If you want to call, 
You can. And change the subject even if you have a real question <laughs> yeah. about something going on in your life. I don't want to change yeah. the subject. I'm just saying, you know, there are so many people just like intently listening. And yeah, we like, don't have hey, to talk about this whole show. I just want yeah. to bring it up because it, yeah. it literally, it just passed. Governor Cuomo just signed that. And as you said, it was a celebration. If you look at him and all the people's faces when he signed this, it was like exuberant joy on their faces like giddy school kids who just got to go to a candy shop and buy whatever they want People that's the possessed. faces that they had and here's the deal new mexico um it's a reminder for us to get involved because i know there were a lot of people horrified yesterday when they read this like i can't believe new york would allow this and i'm going hey guys this has been legal in new mexico for years yeah like yeah in new we- mexico there are not any mandated parental involvement or limitations on publicly funded abortions there's no waiting we've periods. literally had for years doctors from other states is, yeah. fly into New Mexico yeah. there are not to perform abortions and go back to their state. Yeah. Yeah. We have had uh, government officials take in refugees and uh, women who are in prison um, for for breaking um, laws as far as, as, as far as coming into the country, have taken them to New Mexico, given them abortions, then taken them back to whatever state yeah. they're being held in. Yeah. I mean, it's, so I it's understand crazy. like from a human level where you're like, I am so disgusted. Cool. Did you vote in the last like elections? Yeah. Uh, are you involved here with what is going on? Because I know a lot of people who are disgusted uh, with what New York is doing who don't recognize the fact that New Mexico has been this way and New Mexico has voted this way to make it even worse. Was it last year we <laughs> so, had that vote on it or was it the year before? Man. I think it was two years ago yeah. we had that vote on <laughs> to it. To ban it. And, uh, and it and it passed. It yeah. passed. It, like, it broke my heart because I was really following that closely and it just absolutely broke my heart that yeah. you know well, I'm, people are marching around the signs and my I have body, some, my choice. I have some pastor friends. New Mexico is always on the list for like the worst economy, yeah. the worst poverty, all these things. I have some pastor friends who believe in, again, I'm not getting into this where I believe it or not, but I think it has a little bit of credence, is that the reason New Mexico is on the last of that is because New Mexico has been one of the only states for years with late-term abortion, mm-hmm. is I have friends who believe that there's literally a curse on New Mexico, that God has looked at what we've done, looked at our approach to children, well, the lack fun. of sanctity of life, <laughs> and that there's a curse on New Mexico. And, yeah. and that until we solve this issue, we're not going to see the change we want to see in our economy because there's no reason New Mexico shouldn't be at the top of economy. We have incredible natural resources. We have an incredible infrastructure and ability to see economic growth, to see mm-hmm. change. And yet, historically, we haven't. We're getting worse. And, and I genuinely think that there's maybe a little bit of truth to this idea that, look— until we really take up arms and take care of this issue, God's not going to bless us as a state yeah. until we really solve this issue. Yeah. Yeah. This is definitely a dark place for sure. Yeah. We have a phone call. We have a oh, somebody good. wants to talk about this or something Press else. Press one. Oh. Send a voicemail. Okay. Well, is that a collect call? We'll find out. You're paying for it, Nate. Good morning. <laughs> <laughs> Hello. Hi. Hi. Go ahead. Um. So, are we still on... A- Shock therapy mm-hmm. live. You're, you're live on the air, sir. Yeah, got it. Got it. So, uh, about abortion, I'm um, I'm in high school, and I have a friend who actually started a conversation about that, and how like uh, they believe like pro-choice and like pro-life and stuff like that. And I have a few questions that if I can get from like a biblical standpoint to like answer, okay. that'd be great. Because it was really confusing to me because the way she like presented it to me was very like uh, it was very theological. Like she knew exactly what she was talking about, and I'm. Not the best on it, but I tried my hardest. So yeah, I, I'm gonna. I'm gonna Did see she you guys then try and get you here. to bite an apple? I'm just kidding. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yes. Okay. So one of the questions she asked me was like, um, "What about the kids who uh, are born and then put in foster care and then get like raped in foster care and then abort yeah. the child that that was born out of like 
that? How does like what is what is the choice behind that? It wasn't their choice to obviously have the child, but it was like kind of like a forced will. Is that still okay to actually be able to abort that child? So I have a friend. We have a friend. We we have a friend. His name is AJ Hamilton. He's a pastor, mm. and yeah. AJ was actually a product of rape. Mm. And his mom decided yeah. not to abort him and actually keep him. And his household, he didn't have the best household growing up, but look at him now. I mean, he became a pastor, yeah. yep. you know, yeah, and, and, and God can do whatever That's he right. wants to do with people. Yeah. Just because yeah. somebody's born out of a product of rape or something else like that, that doesn't mean God's not going to use those people. God's got a plan for everybody. That's right. And, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, you're, you're, you're trying to usurp God if you're taking that stance. Right. And from a biblical standpoint, the reason why we believe this is because the Bible talks about that two wrongs don't make a right. The answer to a sinful action that someone else did isn't to sin again. Mm-hmm. So it was a sin for someone to rape that child. That's wrong. But it's also a sin yeah. to kill a child. That's yeah. also a sin. More sin doesn't blot out old sin. It actually just makes it worse. We talk about this all the time on Shock Therapy Live. That look, we talk to ladies who are like, man, look, I got knocked up by my boyfriend. He's not a Christian. Should I marry him now? It's like, no, the answer to being dumb and sinning isn't to sin again. And it works both ways, though. It's not someone's fault they got raped. They were sinned against, but the answer to that sin isn't to sin against someone else. It becomes a perpetual cycle of sin in that standpoint. That's where we see a culture that really falls into this. And this really goes to what Buck was saying before, even earlier, is that it is the ultimate form of idolatry to say, I was sinned against, I was wrong, this is inconvenient for me, and so now I'm going to take power back in my own hands and believe that this child doesn't have a right to live and this child doesn't have a future or a hope. That child could be used. You don't know God's plans for that child. That child might be the next Billy Graham, and you taking this into your own hands, you're depriving the world. You're depriving this child from seeing what God has planned for their lives. Absolutely. I would also very greatly, uh, because she's using hypotheticals, don't allow hypotheticals, but use solid research. Because if you take a yeah. look, there are so many different places, of course, different institutes that do research on all of these things. And we're talking, you know, her, her thing was, well, what if this and what if that and what if this child gets raped and what if blah, blah, blah. But if you look at hard statistics of abortion in our day and age. Only 1% of all abortions occur because of rape or incest. Another 6% occur because of potential health risks with either the mother or the child. So like, well, the mother's going to die if we don't get rid of this child or vice versa, whatever it is, which means 93%, 93% of all abortions occur for other social reasons, whether it's yeah. unwanted or inconvenient, unplanned pregnancies, mm-hmm. 93%. And so, whereas people love to use that argument that like, well, what about the rape or incest of this and that? That statistic is so minute that that hypothetical don't get hung up on it. Like, now, really don't. Now, Find even, now, even the other hypothetical, the 6% for health reasons, I'm going yeah. to even go here and I'm going to be the first to acknowledge that I've never been in this situation. I couldn't imagine being put in a oh, place right. where I had to choose between my wife's life and my unborn child's life. Right can't imagine being in that place yeah um and it would be a hard decision to make but in the same standpoint i think that when we make that decision we're not trusting in the sovereignty and the foresight of god so we really are putting this idolatrous mindset that we are god and we get to make this choice we as christians have to have this faith and this belief and this trust in god and that even includes when it's scary i think about abraham and isaac god called abraham to go sacrifice his son yeah and that was a scary thing for him to do 
But he trusted God, and in the last moment, God provided a scapegoat, literally, for him to not have to make that decision. Now, if Abraham would have come to this place and said, no, that's a stupid idea, God, I'm taking matters in my own hands, I'm not doing this. Well, the promises that God had for Abraham and all of his descendants might not have been there. You know, again, we, we so anytime we take this sovereignty into our own hands and take it out of God's hands, I think there's a problem. So it is a terrifying thing, but I think in this moment we need to trust God. Yeah, you know, I think one of the interesting things too. I'm, 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 uh, I'm actually. This is exactly where I'm at right now in my studies. I'm, I'm going through Genesis right now, but I, I think one of the things that people, especially Christian people don't really get is like, you're not looking at God's word as it should be looked at. You know, you're not giving enough weight to the word of God, because if you really think about it, you know, I've, I've, um, I told you about this book that I'm going through this, uh, the, the, uh, drama of scripture. And when you think about God's word and what he says, you know, you really have to think about the magnitude of what it means to be coming from God's mouth. Yeah. Because with God's mouth, he created. Yeah. You know, he created the he created the moon and the stars and the earth and the animals and man and woman, you know, and then he makes covenant. And when he makes covenant and he says something, he means it. So you can't you can't uh you can't have loose interpretations or try to change the word of God to yeah. fit what you want in your life. Yeah. Because there's so much like heaviness and magnitude to that that people just don't realize, you know, it's really easy to skim through like the first two books of the Bible, you know, Genesis one and two and think about creation. It's like, oh, God created this and it was good and God created that. And you don't really realize the weight and magnitude of what it means to have the word of God given to you and and how serious that is. Now, I'm not saying if I was put in that situation, it'd be an easy choice. No. It'd be an incredibly hard choice that the doctors told you, look, your wife can live if you abort this baby. It becomes a very, very, it becomes, I'm not saying it's not difficult, but again, it doesn't, no matter how difficult life is, it doesn't change the inerrancy of God's word. Right. And I don't think there's ever been a a time probably in someone's life when the idea of dying to yourself, taking up your cross and following Jesus and doing what's right could be more alive than in that moment you're literally going to choose life or death for doing what's right. Absolutely. All right. That answer all your questions, buddy. Um, I actually have one more. Okay. Yeah. So, she uh, she brought a very good point to me about how um, the people who use birth control. So when I brought that to her, I was like, okay, so what about the the people who use birth control to not get pregnant yet still do? Does that give them the right to still abort the child or not? Wait, huh? No. No, no. life is so, a lie. Dude, uh, listen, when my wife and I got married, we had been married three whole months, and we were like, we are going to wait a few years. We're going to enjoy each other. We're going to have uh, a life together before we decide to throw a child into the mix. And three months in, even though my wife was on birth control, three months in, she got pregnant. Yeah. And there was never a thought in my brain like, well, it wasn't my design, so I'm going to well, get the, rid of this. This like, birth control thing is like, well, I took birth control, didn't work, so now I have the right. Take this idea to its logical conclusion. That's like saying, well, I got a security system for my house. My house still got broken into. Do I have the right to kill the thief now because the security <laughs> system didn't work? Right. Like, It's, it's, like, it's really just weird. such a logical— If, 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 if you even want to fl- take that a step further and look at it, Steve-O, you could say, you know what? God wanted us to have a child right then. And that's exactly yeah. what... And not even exactly birth control what, could stop it. Dan, exactly. Dan, yes. Danny yes. Schumann had Good. a vasectomy, okay? <laughs> Danny Schumann had a vasectomy. He's an old uh, youth pastor here. He's a pastor over at our church, yeah. North Church. He had a vasectomy, went back, got tested, everything was normal, and then his wife got pregnant again. Yeah. Wow. 
Yeah. Yeah. Dude, God I think, supersedes. I, I like I like that, that standpoint. It's like, yes. look, if you got pregnant with birth control, that means God really wants yeah, you to have it. Yeah. So now if you get an abortion, you're even like, bro, <laughs> yeah. no, you no, better watch out. Dude, those straw man arguments presented yeah. uh, for reasons why it's okay to murder a child are, are uh, forgive me, idiotic. And I get it. You guys are high school students. Here's, and sometimes people just but, but emotionally throw things here's, out there. Here's something. Here's a it. logical discussion you can have with this girl or anyone. And this is the reality. What's right is always right. Yeah. What's wrong is always wrong. Yeah. What's wrong is never right. Yeah. And what's right is never wrong. That's just kind of a premise we need to get into this mentality. Murder is always wrong. Yeah. It's wrong. There, there's no way you can say that it's not yeah. wrong. Murder is wrong. Yeah. Um, and, and taking an unborn, uh, an unborn baby's life without their ability to protect themselves, defend themselves, it's wrong. Yeah. Um, so we really need to get in this, this mentality, this idea that's what, what's right is always right. What's wrong is always wrong. Look, it's always wrong to steal someone's car. There's never an instance where like, okay, well that's right this in this moment. This was acceptable. Yeah. yeah. No, it's wrong. Yeah. So we need to get into this mentality as a culture and, and, and the problem with this, and this is really where the reason why these questions are asked is we live in a culture of moral relativism. Well, well, it's not necessarily what's right to you is right to you. What's right to me is right to me. That doesn't hold up. Because, you know, I, if I'm talking to somebody who I'm having a conversation with and they're saying that, I'm like, okay, so if I want to slap you in the face right now, you can't get mad at me because that's right to me. So you can't get mad at me because that's my choice. That's yeah. my right. And that's right <clears throat> to me. And so you can't tell me that I'm wrong because, yeah, it might be wrong to you, but it's right to me. And it really, it doesn't hold up. Moral relativism does not hold up to scrutiny. Right. Yeah. Dude, I, <laughs> thank you so much for the call. Did that, yeah, did that help? Did, did that answer did, all your did questions? Answer your question? You guys have answered a lot of the questions yeah. I needed to be answered. Good. So. Good. Thanks, buddy. All right, man. Thanks go. for calling in. Yeah. Dude, Thanks I, for calling Collect and making us pay to talk to you. I, w <laughs> I myself was almost aborted. My Dude. mom told me this story years ago, and I'm going, I'm sorry, what? And so I forgive me if I get too passionate, and I'm like, you're an idiot, high school girl. But for those arguments, my mom, it's a crazy story. My mom was actually engaged to be married here in New Mexico, right? And she, it was abusive. It was a terrible relationship. She leaves. She goes to Texas. She starts working as an air traffic controller there. Um, she meets my dad at a bar <laughs> hanging out and a week later, a week later, they get married. Wow. They meet in October. They get married. Well, I was conceived right away because about nine months later, I'm due to be pregnant and my mother and father, she said they actually You mean you're due this, to be born, right? Yeah, due to be born. Sorry, you sorry, said due to be saying? pregnant. Due to be born. Sorry, due to be born. That's an interesting um, twist yeah, story. Sorry, sorry, sorry. <laughs> so my mom and dad have this conversation like she had just left New Mexico. She yeah. was engaged and living with her fiance and they were sleeping together. So, well, how do we know it's mine? Like my dad, I guess they had this big conversation like, do we want to start now? We just we're just getting to know each other. We're and they actually had these like gut wrenching conversations wow. of possibly aborting me because they weren't sure if I was theirs his yeah. or if I was from my mom's yeah. like former fiance. Well, we're thankful that they didn't. Yeah, and so and, and so I, I just want to point out to this question. We talk about these teenage girls, and it's infuriating at times. But I want to point out, and again, this is where I think the church can do better. A lot of times, these questions are 
ask from a place of shame and guilt from people who have had an abortion, and they're trying to set up these straw man arguments. They're trying to set up these arguments to make themselves feel better about a decision they made. Yeah. It doesn't make the decision they made right, but understand at times the reason that they can ask these questions is from a place of pain. Yep. And when we as Christians come to them and we stand outside of an abortion clinic with signs that say murderer and we're, we're, oh, we're doing these things. That's not helping. No, oh. it's not helping. <laughs> and so I, I would just encourage you when a question like this is asked to you by somebody – you don't know their story. You and don't. so don't approach them from a place of anger. Approach mm-hmm. them from a place of mm-hmm. grace. Approach them from a standpoint of, look, it can be painful to deal with taking someone's life. But 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 again, recognize that these questions can come from a place of they're trying to set up in their mind arguments to make themselves feel better and get rid of the shame and the guilt they might have felt for a say, long and time. And unfortunately, sometimes that shame and guilt comes from the church because yeah. we got we got a a, a comment slash question. Oh, we got to take a break. Yep. But it's a, a good one. Oh man, yeah. Okay. okay. When we come back, yeah. yeah. We'll do live. What a show! I, I really want to talk about this. So yeah. Right. Buck's never gonna ask to come on Shock Therapy <laughs> no, Live dude, ever. Dude, yeah. we'll, this is actually this is last time I did this when you were out. It was like Steve-O jumped in with like this super heavy question. I'm like, right on. Let's get into Let's it. Come on. Let's go. This. All about no, it. I agree. I agree. I All right. It. Chuck Therapy Life continues next. Hang on. The Morning Invasion with Dex and Steve-O. Shock Therapy Life, guys. <laughs> Don't look at me with such disdain. Mm. Buck is you here. Left, Nate is here. Okay. You left this marriage. <laughs> Buck, you are welcome to come to Shock Therapy Live anytime you want, bro. Yeah. I appreciate open that. Door. Open invite. Open I mean, door. for New Year's Eve. You, know, you, know, you know what I'd like to do, actually? Uh, one of the ministries we have at our church is we do redemption groups, yeah. and it's kind of like an umbrella ministry for people who are struggle with homosexuality or drugs or alcohol or victims of abuse or abusers or whatever. And instead of lumping them into separate categories, we kind of try to deal with it all at the same time. And I would love when we do this again, just to come on and invite people over to do it, you know, yeah, just because it's, it's such a good ministry, man. I mean, it's, it's awesome. It's so good. Yeah. So and, good. And uh, again, even just even in that m- mentality, a lot of churches have these kind of groups, but people don't know about it. People don't yeah. understand that they've been going to church for years and they're like, oh, I didn't know my church had this. Right. Look, if you're dealing with something really profound and unique, we're talking about abortion. Maybe you've had an abortion. I would be willing to bet at your church or at least at a church close to you, there are groups for mothers and people who have had abortions and there are their support groups for yeah. that. Yeah. Look into what your church has. The the church has things that you probably don't realize it has. Yeah. yeah. And we, we need those things. Absolutely. Well, and I think the church needs to be more vocal about those things because somebody did chime in and say, but here's the thing. I think a lot of pro-life people are actually just anti-abortion people because if you are pro-life, are you just pro-baby? Are you pro-toddler, pro-teenager? Are you willing to take these kiddos into your home if need be? Help a single mom who chose life but is now struggling because it's easy to say I'm pro-life, but are you really? Because if you are, then you have to be willing to be God's hand and feet after the babies are born and growing up. I like that. And it's yeah. like, I agree with that. I agree with that. That's why there are ministries like uh, Project Zoe who who help out teenage girls who are struggling, who don't know who, and, and that's part of that ministry is literally like, Deliver hey, fun. I, yes. could, I could almost guarantee you any person, if they were comp- contemplating having an abortion, I bet you, you could find, you could place every single person baby that wanted to be aborted in America. Yeah. I would guarantee it. Yeah. I guarantee yeah. you could. Dude, there's a yeah. phenomenal without, ministry. Without a doubt. But but part yeah. of the problem is people don't want to go through that. Yeah, the woman doesn't want to go comfort. through that. Yes. Yeah. 
Well, yeah, uh, Save the Storks. We, we've had our boy Jeff Gilbert on a few times. He was a part of creating this incredible ministry that is now nationwide, that they have traveling buses that it's like, we just want to show you the ultrasound, we want to do these things. And then it's not just like, keep the baby, good luck. If you want to adopt, give this baby up for adoption, they will help within that process with whether it's CYFD or wh- whoever it is locally that they have to talk to to get that child adopted. Yeah. So yeah. there's and so hey, many programs. really quick, we were talking a bit off air as well. Um, I want to just really quick go to guys and let guys recognize part of the onus for this epidemic is on you. Absolutely. So guys can hear this. Get, it, oh, I can't believe this gets so mad because guys are protectors. But realize that the pornography problem in our culture is perpetuating yeah. this. Mm-hmm. The And with the pornography, prostitution, as, as guys hire prostitutes, prostitutes get abortion. That is... Uh, perpetuating yeah. this and also guys over sexualizing relationships and force or not forcing but talking girls into having sex before marriage that is also perpetuating this because a girl in the church gets pregnant from a guy and the girl has so much shame from being pregnant from having sex before marriage that she then goes and gets an abortion to hide it and pretend that it didn't happen so we talk about 61 percent of this guys the weight of this a huge amount of this falls on us yeah. guys we're over sexualizing our culture and that's leading to unwanted pregnancies and then yeah. abortions yeah and and just just for the record you know i mean we're sitting here talking about women's bodies and in in this process of an abortion we have but, had a couple of these comments so yes yes yeah, so we're doing that dudes but, talking but, unabashedly about what women should do with their bodies but I'll, I'll tell you from my standpoint we we talked about this off the air uh when i was in the military i was dating a woman and she was like an old high school sweetheart and she lived in Seattle. I lived in California. And she ended up getting pregnant. I got her pregnant. And she ended up having an abortion. Mm. And this was before I was a believer. And so this is something that I thought about. Like, it didn't come to mind until, I don't know, probably about a year after I, I'd been saved. And uh, I actually got to go back to her and talk to her about this and and ask for her forgiveness in that. Because, you know, biblically, I was, obviously, I was wrong. You know, yeah. I mean... Mm. But there is forgiveness. In there this. is absolutely. Right. There's 100 percent forgiveness. And you know what that actually did for for that relationship? I don't know where she's at now, but uh, when we stopped, when we finally stopped talking, we were actually to the point of getting her into a church to kind wow. of deal with this. So Come on. I, I don't know what happened with her. You know, yeah. I mean, I, I didn't talk to her anymore because I was already married. But I talked to my wife about it. You know, hey, I need to do this. And so I don't know what happened to her. But that's where the conversation yeah. led. And I want to be clear on what you said, four dudes talking about what women should do with their bodies. Yeah, I think that that's that. an unfair conversation because I don't care what women do with their bodies. I care what they do with the bodies of their children. Yeah. We're no, not talking, exactly. about, we're talking about, a we're not talking about what women do with their bodies. We're talking about yeah. what women do to another body, another body yeah. and how they exterminate the life of that body. Yeah, amen. So I think we need to, we, we, so often that becomes a thing, well, how, how dare you talk about what I do with my body? And that just shuts a lot of people up. Yeah. That shouldn't stop the conversation because this is not a conversation about what women do with their bodies. It's about a conversation about what women do with to their baby's life. bodies. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Speaking of, I know we only have a couple minutes, but we got this and I wanted to address it because somebody chimed in and said, I had to abort my baby at six weeks. It was a tubal pregnancy and I hate that I had to abort it and I hate that I have to call it that. I feel ashamed for it on top of the sadness of having to give up what could have been for this baby. I don't tell many people because I feel like I will be judged. So was this wrong? Yeah, we were talking about that a bit off air. Yeah, yeah there's... I. I don't know the statistics, but 
I'm pretty certain that a tubal pregnancy means that the baby is not going to survive. Right. It's, it's almost kind of like... It got stuck in the fallopian tube yeah, and it didn't it, make its way to the uterus. There's no way that this baby's going to survive. So Correct. you talking about this, I mean, you could actually use this as part of your story yeah. in, in, uh, in helping people because, you know, this was one of those things where... That baby was not going to live. Yeah. You and know? we talk about right. the sovereignty of God and the plan of God. Absolutely. God knows that that baby wasn't going to be able to live and wasn't right. able to exist. So God's plan for that baby before the foundations of the world was for that baby to be with God in heaven before it ever mm-hmm. had a chance to walk on this earth. Yeah. yeah. That was God's plan for this baby. And so uh, I think we need to take away the guilt of that and realize um, that, again, at that point, the baby wasn't going to survive. And you, at that point, needed to do what you needed to do to survive. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. And we're not talking about a percentage chance. Well, there's a X percentage chance that baby could have lived no i think there's pretty much no chance a yeah. pregnancy a baby's going to survive correct um so again i think we need to take that and it, even with this as we close out if you've had a miscarriage you know a lot of moms deal with guilt of saying well i had a miscarriage i should have you know gone to the doctor sooner i should have eaten this or i should have eaten that don't take the weight of that guilt upon yourself because yeah. there's certain things you can't do there's a what we're talking about is the choice that this baby could live this baby could survive and i'm choosing to make sure that doesn't happen yeah so so keep in mind what we're talking about here and, and again i just want to close out by saying if you've had an abortion um we want to let you know that we love you we care for you and there is grace there is mercy yeah. for anyone who has made a mistake and for any sin that yeah. has been amen committed. god lo- more than we yes. love you god yeah. loves you yeah yeah. Amen. Yeah. Right. yeah so hey buck thanks for hanging out dude yeah hey real quick uh we have our little group tonight at phil and phillies and uh basically what the group is is we're if you are kind of a new believer or you feel like you don't know the bible the way you should you can come join us we meet at five o'clock from five to six and we just kind of nice. work through stuff and we actually had somebody show up last week who was, his wife heard it and said you should go do this so where's it at you said what it is where's it at phil and phillies it's over on uh uh manal and louisiana cool we go yeah all right rock and roll have a great day we'll see you bye bye